Hi everyone, and welcome to Marvelous Podcast, where we're going to be talking about the season finale, Gods and Monsters for Moon Knight. I'm Matthew, I'm joined by my alternate personalities, Abby. Hello. And Laura. Hippo! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that made me so happy. (laughs) So did you like the episode? I really enjoyed it. Hmm. Uh, I think uh, next week when we do our full wrap up, we're going to discuss our Disney Plus TV rankings. Um, so not to shed too much light on it, but this is going to be quite hard there. And a lot of that's to do with, for me at least, I'm sticking the landing. Hmm. Okay. Abby, what did you think of it? I remained thoroughly engaged throughout, as I think I have said for most of the episodes. So, yeah, I was engaged. Um I have some feelings about the end, but we'll okay. get there. Mm-hmm. 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 And Matthew? Matthew? I thought it was fine. <laughs> it you, exists used, in the world. You've used fine a lot during this series. <laughs> yeah, a little, little bit. There was a comment I saw today, someone saying that the MCU shows, and I think they're referring to the MCU in totality, mm-hmm. is so often not bad, but not necessarily good. Now, I think I don't think that applies in all situations. I think there are some some things that elevate and do really well, but I think this is one that I'm like, yeah, it's kind of inoffensive and there and delivers for maybe their core core demographic, but I'm kind of happy if this is a one off and we don't see Moon Knight again. <laughs> is where I think I am with this at the moment. Listeners, Laura is making a face that indicates that she would not be happy with that decision. <laughs> Shh, they might hear you. <laughs> You know they listen. <laughs> if, if if this is the story of Mark Spector coming to grips with his troubled past and Stephen Grant and them sharing and the, the stopping of Harrow, and we see that, okay, Konshu will continue with Moon Knight off doing shenanigans, but we don't necessarily have to have Moon Knight 2 and crossovers and other things... I, I would stand that. I would like this very, very, very much if that's the way I can look at it. If this is setting up for, all oh, this is going to be a big player, I, I'm not sure I'm interested in the rest of the story. Mm. So, so a lot happened. Really mm. a lot. I felt a great mm. deal happened. So much so that it's kind of difficult for me to rearrange mentally the order in which it happened and the different, all the different places we went, all the things we saw. It, um, yeah, it, it was quite a grab bag mm. of uh, mm. of scenes, I felt, in a way. Which is, again, I was engaged. It was interesting. I didn't. I never knew what I was going to be seeing next. Um, maybe, actually, maybe that's okay. Maybe that's enough. Mm. Obviously, the big bit in the middle is the, the big fight. Mm-hmm. Everyone now has their powers and everyone's everyone's fighting. And we, we've talked about complaints elsewhere that basically once you get to the fight in an MCU piece you can stop expecting any more story or anything more mm. to deliver from it. Um, do you think that's true here? No. no. I barely mm. remember the fight, if I'm honest with you. Okay. I, th- I think I, I, I remember Layla, um, and I remember the, uh, the suit switching between mm-hmm. things. Honestly, the rest of it just kind of happened. When I was the there. enormous kaiju mm-hmm. chicken skeleton and... Yeah, I mean, once once you've seen it, once you've seen it. Cro- crocodile snake thing? Yeah, 
I mm. was. I love that. I was just waiting for the. Um, how's it go? Oh, how's it go? How does it go? One can only guess. Wacky oh, races. Sing the. Um... <laughs> no, I'm going to drop the music in here. I was waiting for the Pacific Rim theme tune ah, to kick in okay. and then like a Jaeger mm. some striding in and then break them up. Oh, now that yeah. I would have enjoyed. <laughs> that would have been quite the crossover. That would have been great. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm normally the, oh, the fighty fighty kick kicking again. I can I can take a break now. Um, but I, I really enjoyed this one. I loved the suit switching and that shot where the, I think it's Mr. Knight throws the baton and it comes around and then Moon Knight catches it. And particularly when you had um, Konshu and Amit fighting in the background, and then mm-hmm. and and the you know the size of I don't pyramids, pyramids, yeah, mm. that's a good <laughs> at this stage. And then you had the the other the the more ground uh, street level fight going on mm. as well. Um, yeah, actually, it had me pretty engaged considering nice. everything. Um, and then it did feel like there was more story afterwards. I'm not really sure I understood all of the story afterwards. But that's we can discuss that. Um, but yeah, it was given. I was I was quite happy with the one division finale, but it did kind of fall into that. Let's blast. To have half an hour of blasting. Yeah, mm. blast things what, at each what other. Felt like. mm. um, and I think given this was the finale and they covered so much, I felt mm-hmm. the fight was just about the right length. Okay. Yeah. So are you asking that question because you felt that? This did fit into that format, or uh, I think it kind kind of does. Uh-huh. I think I think the inclusion of the kaiju is really clever to differentiate it from anything else we've mm. seen. Mm. It does feel different. It's it's almost up there with something like the Avengers compound fight in Endgame, you know, where there's so much going on and different yeah. things you can take on that that sort of thing. Um, I, I think there's two things that whilst there is wrap up story stuff after it. It's fairly fast and we don't necessarily get everything wrapped up. But I particularly like that they reach a point where, oh no, they're not winning. And then he blacks out and then he's won. Um, I, I don't think they're nodding at themselves and, and those of us who say things like, well, of course he's going to win. You know, the show's called Moon Knight. Of course he's going to stop him from killing uh-huh. millions of people. But there is also a thing of like, and then he won. And then he blacked out and then he won. Like, I, I think that's how I wrote stories when I was like 11. Like, and then he passed out at the end. And in the, in the ensuing investigation, they found. <laughs> it's very convenient, isn't it? I, and mm. I, I enjoyed them leaning into the convenience um, rather than just. There was no way of writing it out otherwise, was there? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was the construct. That was the thing. I'm still trying to remember the Avengers compound fight. I just. When Thanos and the army show up and. Yeah, so you all, forget. All the Avengers and... Is that the really big one? Yeah, yeah. the big one. When okay. Thanos, like, destroys the Valkyrie, the she's in that. I remember yes. that. Yes. Yeah. yes. yeah, that was good. Yeah, and, and, and Captain and Marvel. I think, yeah. I think the specific point... Sorry, I remember... Is, <laughs> we up to speed? I think the specific Sorry. point... I can't wait. I'm not going to say anything about it, but I can't wait till you see Doctor Strange 2, because... Okay. I, I okay. <laughs> You're just excited to see what I think happens in it. Yeah, I, I, I'm really curious. <laughs> I had to go straight back in again immediately after because I oh, couldn't remember everything that happened. Great, so. <laughs> good. That's what we want. Right. So, my, so, my point, my point. Join us in a couple of weeks for that discussion. Yeah. Yes. So I think yeah. it, it'll be interesting. Mm. Um, 
I think that Interesting. <laughs> the um if I'm right, Matthew, I think the point you're making is because with the end game big thing, because of all of that stuff going on, you kind of forgotten about the fact that they were gonna bring everybody they just brought everybody back, is that right? No, I, I think okay, I'm comparing it. Ju- I'm comparing it just because the, the the having the kaiju and the fight going on at the same time, yeah. and, and a little bit cutting between them. But then when they're shown together, it really differentiates this than now our superhero has his powers and he's going to fight yeah. in the same way Iron Man fights Jeff Lebowski, and then <laughs> Iron Man fights someone else, and Captain America fights Red Skull, yeah. and then you know the sort of fight fights we normally get in these situations. Oh, okay. They did something that I think helped it, and and then they did again the thing they always do of like oh no they're gonna lose they need to come up with something and they come up with something or someone does something or they channel the force and become all of the jedi something along those lines but in this one he blacked out we don't get to see it and he appears to kill everyone (laughs) and just win that's interesting because when when you brought up the avengers compound the way i was thinking about the the um, comparison between the two is uh what they did at the end of endgame i love so much because you know the the um the snap working mm-hmm. bringing everyone back is such a big thing which i then completely forgot until you hear on your left because there's mm-hmm. the big the big fight going on and that was similar here that when he blacked out and then came to again i gasped because i'd completely forgotten about jake right nice and, all, and i was like oh he's back <laughs> um so yeah for me it felt like that that kind of wound that in mm. in nicely and, and i like that very much they're telling us through the way they do that that oh the times he blacked out earlier in the series, in those opening episodes, was actually Jake, not Mark. Yeah. Where we had made an assumption it was Mark, I think, or I think I had. I think early um, on we did, until we then got mm. the... There I was think at you, one you stage picked up very clear that there was, it yeah, was missing, yeah. You picked up that there was someone even more violent in mm-hmm. in the um, the episode where we first went to Cairo. Mm. Yeah. Um, I think uh, there was when you said there's someone else. Yeah, I think I think using that style to make it explicit, like yeah. okay, all the times this happened, this has not been these two that we've been following. Like, mm. oh, that makes me slightly re-question some of the stuff and some of the assumptions I made, where it was just that's what happens when the character blacks out. Yeah, but no, it's specifically when Jacob here is. Mm. Quite nice. Mm. Uh, just sticking on the the fight and the the Amit design, I really liked. Mm-hmm. Really liked, and also the voice. Uh, I thought that worked really well. Mm-hmm. Saba Mubarak, um, who doesn't appear to have done any sort of Hollywood, no. but but very um, very busy IMDb uh, otherwise. And also, I was wondering why are there no other gods involved here? Because I've got it that they don't have. They perhaps it's you know takes a bit of time to find an avatar, and all of the avatars were killed off. But why are we not seeing the gods, or at least some of the gods, up with Konshu fighting against Amit? I mean, I know why, because of story reasons, but just, you know, picking <laughs> holes. I, I have exactly that complaint, but particularly where we get to see the Avatars and Harrow earlier, except we don't get to see them. It's so reminiscent of, of old school heroes, where it would be, oh, these two things are going to fight behind that door. And we're going to watch them <laughs> on a screen, you know? <laughs> It had really this fun. Like, no, no, show me that thing. That's going to be really cool. And and if that is that this is how he stops anyone else from intervening by taking out the avatars, mm. then but, exactly right. We need to see some of that. You know, this is the MCU. Like, but also Conchu at that time doesn't have an avatar, and yet he's in his god form fighting Amma. 
Mm. Yeah. So why couldn't we have God form Osiris, etc.? Again, it's a more of a logic problem than a story problem, I think. Mm. And similarly, I think when, a logic um, problem can be a story problem, though. Yeah. I don't think it bothered me the first time I watched it. I think it's more when I then sat down and really thought about things before right. before we spoke. Because similarly, when Harrow walks in to see the avatars, not to see the avatars, it sounds like they can have tea, but when he walks <laughs> into where the avatars are and he says to them, your judge is not warriors, you know, don't you know, just basically let us do this. Well, why aren't they all warriors? I mean, I mm. understand Moon Knight having, uh, sorry, I understand Conchu. If it was just Conchu's avatar that was a warrior, because you're kind of like, okay, well, he's a vengeance god and what have you. But if Tawaret gets a superhero as her avatar, surely Osiris gets one. Right. <laughs> so, hmm. none of these are hmm. criticisms. I've just clearly thought about this way too long. <laughs> Are we overthinking this? Yes, yes. and that's right. <laughs> I think the point I wanted to make about, about the fight in the Avengers thing mm-hmm. is that um, much as I couldn't remember what you were talking about in the Avengers, um, so it, it just kind of went over my head. It's not really what I was here for. I don't really care. I mean, I don't think I'm going to care about a fight as much as I cared about Vision fighting mm. himself in WandaVision. Um, again, so so that's fine. I feel like my MCU fight sequences peaked there. Um, <laughs> but it just it just kind of goes over my head. I've enjoyed sort of some, you know, once you've identified the fighting style, which mm. is interesting, you know, like balletically interesting or such like, um, I, don't, I don't feel like the MCU has got much more to offer me, maybe because I've just seen it all. Um, and, and I, I agree, the kaiju thing is is a fun thing. It's uh, also seeing a lot of kaiju, um, <laughs> so you know it's fine. It's there, but the rest of the episode was more interesting to me. So let's talk about that, man. Let's move on to it. Yeah, call that bluff, gone. Yeah, <laughs> you clearly got something on your mind, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> We we have Mark giving up the field of reeds. Yes. Mm. To go back and then be honest, them... it didn't look that fun, did it? Though yeah. <laughs> it was a bit, a bit dull. Once you've walked along with your hand going through the top of the reeds, what else is yeah. there to do? Yeah. I was, I was listening to uh, a podcast I was mentioning, and also you've got um, Russell Crowe in there somewhere. Well, exactly. Yeah. 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 Do, you, do you want to be hanging around there just for Russell Crowe? <laughs> um. Oh, now if it had been Vision there, that would have been a different story. And that would, oh, I'll be over here. <laughs> um, we have Tuaret and Layla mm. having their deal coming together. But between that, we have Layla rescuing Konshu. Yes, we do. Mm. Which I think might be one of the best talking moments, certainly in this series, if not again in the MCU TV stuff. I, I loved her being explicit about no. You're terrible. Mm-hmm. We're not going there. I know he doesn't even try and defend himself either. He's just like, yeah, yeah, and yeah, it's fair. But you know, think of what you could do. I, w- I was worried for a moment that it was going to be that. Oh, I guess I'll just have to do that. And that wasn't the story. Um, mm. But I like the first time I watched it. I did spend a bit of time kind of through those things, going, "Oh no, you're just making it really bad." But actually, they were just establishing that she's going to do things her way, mm. um, which is fine. <laughs> Yeah, I had a couple of things where I was sort of yelling at the TV. But no, don't 
damsel Layla because I thought they were going to at the beginning and right. oh no don't make her the... and they didn't do any of the things that I was getting no. worried about so nice. maybe that's just something really happy and actually she was just ways. consistent and I think that yeah. there's a lot to be said about how much we bring to this in terms of concern mm. <laughs> like it, it makes mm. you realise how stressful sometimes watching this can be and um, wouldn't it be nice to not have to worry about where this thing that you were quite enjoying was going to go and to just be able to sit down and watch it Maybe that's the future, maybe. Uh, and I think there are series that really call that out to us, because mm. um, recently we've been watching the show Julia, which has that Ted Lasso thing, that actually the terrible things don't happen. Mm. But we keep watching it like, oh no, this person's going to do this terrible decision, or they're going to do this thing, because that's what happens in drama. But actually, no, everyone talks, and everyone deals with things, and everyone's oh. mature, and and it's great. I mean, you know, it's less entertaining, perhaps. It but it is what you quite want. a relief to watch. <laughs> I mean, maybe you just want to watch people working through their things in a mm. reasonable sort of way. I mean, maybe that in itself is, is its own challenge and its own interest. That would mm. be nice. Certainly, it, it still feels new anyway. So if you want TV <laughs> to push the boat out, maybe it could just be enjoy relaxing it. in that yeah. way. Yeah, maybe yeah, we could just right. enjoy it. And I, I yeah. will say, overall, I really have enjoyed actively watching this series. I think more than everything so far, Mm. um, it it has engaged me so much more all the way through. Um, I still think that I don't know Layla as well as I would like, but I I enjoyed what we got of her. I particularly liked her delivery around uh, the, are you an Egyptian superhero? And she was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Just very cool. And very, yeah. Were you not into that moment? I liked it like in the moment. Mm-hmm. And I liked her owning it. The more I thought on it, the more it felt a little bit cringy. Mm. In the way that if we'd had um, a young girl say to Captain Marvel, "Are you a female superhero?" Right. Or War Machine, you know, "Are you a black superhero?" I don't know. It just. I think if they'd just said, "Are you a superhero?" That might not. Have, I don't. It just. It remind me of it. You know. Um, End game with the girl power mm-hmm. move, <laughs> you know, and it just it not so absolutely that scene, but it was just something about the way it was specifically said, the line, or or even mm. or even I don't know if she'd said, I guess I am, or I, I don't know. Some there was just something about that particular line. That's funny because it the reason I like the delivery was because it was I felt it wasn't too punchy, mm. and you know the default really is are you an American superhero or possibly from Islington or something? You know. It's, <laughs> <laughs> No, and I, I think it's it's fantastic that that you know that she is. I just think it's just that little bit of like Marvel backslapping. Mm-hmm. Do you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Now, obviously, I am not Egyptian, uh, and maybe yeah, maybe that's being received differently. But it's just that my my feel was just a bit kind of like, oh, I think you really nailed that on a little too hard. Yeah, because uh, it is a fair point to extrapolate and say, are we now going to do this for every? country that you have a new superhero in or i wouldn't mind if we some... did if, no, maybe I, we could I... all have a little pin <laughs> <laughs> but have, have that moment i mean you know oh now we have a are you a well like you know how sometimes you know when you get a new kind of playable character in a game and it just kind of suddenly comes in sharp focus on them and it's like and then their name comes up and it's like <laughs> introduce the arena yeah <laughs> but yeah the... yeah Maybe se- we could just do that. The sentiment I felt was was really, you know, it was emotional, and then it was great. 
Um, mm. And also I was reading some articles, particularly about you know things like her having her curly hair and how, you know, that I think um, I don't know if it was the actress or if it was one of the producer, um, one of the Egyptian producers, so how you know, they'd spent years burning their hair, straightening it, and everything because that was. You know, what was was in fashion mm. and what you saw mm. on TV and what have you, and the difference just having someone who who looks like Layla, mm-hmm. um, I think you know it's fantastic, and I very much will happily see her in 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 more. Yeah, I uh, you know I know she said temporary with uh, Tara Webb, but um, so she's now Scarlet Scarab. They've confirmed on Marvel.com okay. that that is her name. Doesn't look very Scarlet, I have to say. No, not a lot of Scarlet in it. But, but... Um, it's a, a comic book character, uh, gender switch, mm. gender flipped. Um, so yeah, I love the costume. I, I felt like, in a way, I was almost kind of more <laughs> in tune with her than Moon Knight by the end okay. of it mm-hmm. as well, because because you had a much more sort of linear journey mm-hmm. into mm-hmm. her in a way. Um, so again, I I felt more in tune with her as kind of Scarlet Scarab in that ending than I than I ever did with her as Layla. That's um, interesting. I, yeah, I'm not. I'm, it it really might just be me and how I'm watching it, and I think that's mm. something for me to think about when I watch mm. it back. Yeah, I I really enjoyed that she was so anti this and has seen the negatives of it, but sees mm. that yes, it needs to be done because yes, it, it it absolutely felt like it was going to be. She says okay to Konshu and then. We get yeah, a moon night with boots. Yeah, miss, yeah. miss night. Yeah, exactly. That was what I was trying to say without saying exactly that thing. What is that? Like, basically, I'm, I've got in my head Venom when Michelle Williams is Venom, you know? Yes, exactly that. Um, but the uh, the fact she then made that decision, and I think I think the the point of that, are you an Egyptian superhero, was, was to help us understand her decisioning for mm. if they maintain her and have her again, and she keeps this, then we can see that she was pushed towards that of, oh, actually, I could do some good with this. Yeah, and that's the understanding. Whether that's you know shades of grey into doing bad with it, but yeah. I, th- I think there's something quite unexpected about the fact that being an avatar of different people kind of com- confers the power of wings made of knives, or like you know, <laughs> it, it, it was really unexpected. You know, such a nice kind of hippo, and then wings of knives. <laughs> mm. <laughs> <It> yeah, just... <laughs> she did look more like kind of Osiris's. Yeah. Mm. Had... Then again, what would you do with a hippo? It's going to fit within them. Well, but costume. the thing is, what what do you need to do? And again, I, it's that thing where to be a superhero is to have extreme powers in the nature of violence, and whether mm. that is to to avert it or foster it, it, you know, that's all then contingent on the person. But I feel possibly because I, I'm still very much of the X Men background that mm. there's a lot more power that we could do a lot more with in the MCU, other than just cool fighting style is mine Mm -hmm. like i think think given the context of what they were facing yeah a winning personality wouldn't necessarily have had a lot of effect but but it doesn't have to be a winning personality it could be now everything is made of glass or you know yeah i don't know why that was (laughs) that would be that would be a really bad picturing that (laughs) it's it's hard to well i suppose in sand, actually, it's not an unreasonable. Oh, nice kind of light. Yeah. If you try yeah. to link it to Towerette, then given what she is goddess of, mm. it's quite challenging. Cause I, well, that's I listen... kind of where I was going, because it's not a particularly violent space. No, and do you know how we ended up with Towerette in the, in the series? Go on. So I was uh, listening to an interview that I think Sabrina Vest did with, um, I'm blanking on his name, but the writer. 
And they had lots of things up in the writer's room. There was inspiration, moonlight things and what have you. And there was also this big poster, which was um, like a kind of kid's version of all of, the, or a lot of Egyptian gods. And one of them was Towerette. And he just loved how she looked mm. and that she was this cool hippo. So he just decided Did she's going to be hippo? in there. Some... Is that what I happened? D- maybe. Let's assume yes. Um, and so he literally shoehorned her in. <laughs> And that is why she is the one guiding them. That absolutely in the underworld. feels exactly, exactly like the thing that Excellent. happened. Exactly. I, I, yeah. I mean, you can tell. I'll link to that um, interview because it's it's really good mm. um, in the show notes. But but yeah, but, I think it does limit them a little bit. On outside of the hippo head, and again the you know bony chicken head for Konshu, mm-hmm. it's the style of the god that they're taking on for their sort of so- superhero personas rather than the actual look and feel, as it were. And and yeah. hers, just, just putting up a picture, is a lot of gold and plates and scarab-looking stuff. True. Um, I think maybe so, she just... You, you know, she, it's a... Sh- if she had the ears? Had the ears, the little Andorian wiggly ears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that, you know, that would have tied up on Because I did also like that Tawaret's ears actually moved a couple of times and I did know. little flicky things. Amazing. Again, we've been watching Star Trek lately and they have Andorians that have little wiggly ears. <laughs> Wonderful, and we're probably going to co- cosplay at some point. Oh, um, we'll nice. need photos. <laughs> yeah, we will. Um, so, what did you think of? You know, we've had all of this fantastic stuff with uh, Oscar Isaac swapping between, um, well, his alters, and then also when he was possessed by Konshu, which I'm sure we're going to talk about a bit more later. But what did we think of Layla channeling Towerette? Uh, just as good. I really enjoyed it. I think I think she brought across the same sort of energy and vibe to it. I think I think it has helped that Tuaret is a fairly big character, so it's easy to mimic in some ways. Um but Layla is such a internal character, I think, by comparison. Mm. So so whilst you could see them swapping, that's quite a swap to have to do. Um and presumably take after take after take of doing it. In one shot. It was really good. I really enjoyed it. Mm. Bravo. The actress whose name I don't know. May Kalamawe. Uh Yeah. Initially I was like, oh, this is a bit over the top. But then, exactly as you were saying, Tawaret is pretty over the top. So, yeah, I yeah, I think it worked well. And I think it's good that they kept relatively contained. We didn't mm-hmm. keep going on with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I thought, um, the fact that her dad called her Little Scarab and now she is the Scarab. Yeah, <laughs> and also the Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four callback, but just without all the disappointment <laughs> and no Pedro Pascal. Well, that is disappointing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, yeah no, I I think they did well to avoid that vibe coming through, mm. um, and at the same time, switching to Moonlight discussions slightly. Mm-hmm. That they lent a little bit more into, I think, with him, with with Mark and Stephen, being a bit more venom than anything else. <laughs> that it became yeah. a bit more of that. They've now learned to work together, and they're switching as the moment fits. I was entertained to find that it was the American accent that started to slip as Oscar Isaac moved between them. <laughs> it, you could tell he was doing different accents. But I don't think they hold up against what he's done elsewhere. I, th- I think those, particularly that that really weird doctor's office scene, which 
the First very end is, is the one I'm not sure of, where he was just line after line with different accents. Mm. It, yeah, that sounds like he has more than two personalities going on. Hmm. It was the, bizarre. With the closed captions, that definitely was just Stephen Mark. Right. Mm. Oh, yeah, that's just me being flippant about his accents. Yeah. No, no, I know, but and, yeah, I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't think I necessarily noticed that, but it might be because I've got the captions on it, so it's immediately mm. telling me which one's talking. So that scene, do, do, do we want to discuss it? Do we just kind of ignore it and go, okay, okay? I mean, I don't, I feel like there's no point in ignoring it because I think that we ask for this kind of thing. I think by having podcasts and making space to talk about something, if, if it's just going to be like, well, now they've got the suits and now they're doing the fight and then everyone goes home and they won, what would we say? So we can't just ignore it when they take us back into the doctor's office and have something kick off this way. I feel like it is our duty bound as people who've traded off Marvel providing us things to talk about. To talk okay. About <laughs> so what did you make of it? Again, I was engaged. I realise I'm just using the word engaged where I would have said interested. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we have to do something. Oh, hey Siri, yeah. what's another word for interesting? I feel like it's worth exploring those those things in the show and I think to just drop it once you got to kind of fight's end would would feel flippant. I think it would be like, oh yeah, we just put this in to kind of keep you engaged. And I think that by going back and back and back they are using it for more than just a then there was a mental hospital sequence then there was this asylum of the mind or whatever however they're framing it 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 makes it less of a an exciting um and probably slightly inappropriate diversion and more of a commitment to something that means something to the character i think by going back when it's not necessarily convenient or fun or logically clear mm-hmm. um I, I think that it beds it in, is what hmm. I'm looking for. Neither of you look convinced by this point. <laughs> um, so, when they, so in the Asylum episode, when they were, they being Stephen and Mark, were having the conversation with Dr. Harrow, there was a discussion as to whether the hospital is an organising principle for Mark. So it's a hmm. bit, I suppose slightly i keep thinking of sherlock's mind palace okay. just somewhere you know a, a place he goes to yeah, yeah. Hmm. um so if that's what it is then i think this makes sense because he's going back into his organizing principle to um say to his internal dr harrow we don't accept that you saying that all of the egypt stuff isn't real so we're going to go up and save the world now i'm not quite sure how because they're no longer moon knights mm-hmm. but okay cool Maybe they meant in smaller ways, like helping old ladies cross the road. Um, but if that actually was duet, is duet, mm-hmm. then I really don't understand it turning up at this stage because they are no longer in the underworld or dead. So I think I just have to headcanon that it was, it was his organising principle or something. Yeah, because the, the hospital was effectively the boat taking them across yeah. the duet. Yeah. Because they were dead. But yeah, but they're no longer crossing. And whilst it implies they then choose to live together. So yeah, I yeah. think I think I have to headcanon that that's whether that it could be both, absolutely. That his organizing principle turns up as the uh 
as a duet on the on um tower towerette's boat um i think for this scene it's more them going internally um and sort of declaring you know we're a couple now Mm. we're 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 gonna stick together and uh and i don't mean shipping couple yeah we're we're gonna stick together and we're gonna be on the ship we're not gonna be the ship absolutely yes and uh and that they you know believe because i'm I took it that that means that all of the Egypt stuff was real, mm-hmm. and that the the hospital isn't the real. Yeah, agreed. I hadn't thought about the bit from last week's episode where there was this idea of of them of the duet kind of being the souls of the dead that were dragging you in, mm. and then there was that part in the hospital where they were confronted by the sort of zombies that Mark had killed, and I hadn't really mm. thought about. That being in that as well, um, so I've just thought about that now, and I thought I'd say it an episode late. <laughs> is, <laughs> just cut that back in for last. <laughs> no. <laughs> is is some of this we we talked when they first introduced the hospital idea, uh, the re- reminiscing of uh, Buffy's normal again, and the mm. fact you know spoiler for a very old show, an episode you can probably skip. Um, where it ends implying that the hospital is real and that she's imagining Sunnydale. Yeah. I worry that they were trying to dupe us that that's what they were doing and then they go back the other way, but I think it's just left it slightly more confused. Uh, And one of the things that leaves me landing on this is a conversation I had with my nephew, who Mm -hmm. during dinner said, Uncle Matthew, are you watching Moonlight? And I had to think, because it sounded like he said Moonlight, which is the (laughs) film about the... Drug dealers and homophobia (laughs) in ghetto America, but fine. I said, Moon Knight, yes, yes, I am. And tried to find out from him what he thought of it and whether he was liking it. And Mm. I think he's just taking it in because it's Marvel. I don't think the story hammers on him at all. But I also feel like some of this, I mean, for us, it's causing a lot of discussion and thinking. For an 11-year-old, it might be, okay, that's a bit weird. I'm going to kind of ignore it. Until it makes sense and go, oh, they escaped from the hospital where they were and managed to get back. And that was just the last trick played by the opposite God and so on. I I think it hasn't come across with enough nuance to either be, this is really interesting, really clever, or with enough clarity. Mm. And And maybe that's because they're trying to sell this to so many different types of people. You know, the people who podcast about it for far too long and uh, go far (laughs) too in-depth on it, and the people who just want to watch it for the kicky-kicky punch-punch. I'm I'm more inclined to to go with what Laura was saying about this just being a space that we might not see the last of. If we had more Moon Knight, I think we would see this environment because it's one in which you can have the Persona conversing in separate Mm. appearances. So Mm -hmm. I I think that, and, you know, potentially room to bring Ethan Hawke back for an episode. Yeah, Um, absolutely. So I I think it, it might just be establishing that this doesn't need to go away just because you know mark hasn't magically resolved his childhood trauma and now he's just opting to keep the bits he likes Mm. that's not how this is going to work and i I do think that this is taking that element seriously so Mm. i'd like to give it the benefit of the doubt and say having introduced this is trying not to use it just as a set for for show for shock and show it's trying to keep it as something meaningful which Mm. would be a, a nice thing for that type of set to do and i think also you know, having spent a bit more time with this set and this look, I think it's also quite nice to see something that is not just depicted as um, aesthetically and intrinsically unpleasant or aggressive 
or dangerous. Um, mm. It's you know, admittedly, the decor is weird, and some of it is unexpectedly classic. But <laughs> it's 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 a kinder portrayal of a mm. facility, mm. Um, and it's the sort of thing that I think one would like to think that Mark would give himself in his construct. Maybe it is based on a real place and a real experience. Maybe it's not. Maybe we'll find mm. out more. Mm. But I feel like if we're not done with Moon Knight, we're not done with that scenario. I really like the idea of it coming up again in the future and particularly him maybe going back and discussing things with Dr. Harrow. Mm. Um, and also it's one of the few ways we're going to get to see Mark and Stephen hug, which I enjoy a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, do, I do wonder though where he's where Mark and Stephen specifically say we're rejecting your diagnosis. If that is a rejection of all of this, mm-hmm. so I don't, I don't know if we will see it again. One big, bigger question: if we have anything that has moonlight in it, <laughs> but um, but I think that would be a really interesting way to have it to have it keep coming up, and also because you say it's so visually different to anything else we're going to see, mm-hmm. but it does it it, it does um, yeah. You know the the um, contrast between that and the Egyptology, mm-hmm. um, Tomb Raider type stuff that we've been seeing, or, or even the modern day. Because um... actually, since they introduced the hospital, there's been a distinct decrease in the number of reflective surfaces in this show. Yes, <laughs> because yeah, they Second. do now have a way of doing it. Where previously they had all the reflective surfaces, um, yeah. so they've now got a couple of different methods and a couple of you know a, a visual language that they can use, mm. which I quite like. I think the thing is, though, now having done the we reject your diagnosis, we then see them in their flat, Stephen's flat, mm-hmm. talking to each other in the same body, which I think we'd seen that previously in the hospital, hadn't we? Them actually talking to each other without mm. needing a reflection. How do you mean? Oh, you mean in that last sequence, them talking. Yeah. Each one having a line, as it were. Yeah, and so not having yes. to give up the body in order to I see. speak mm-hmm. through the mouth. Yes. Mm. Mm. Yeah. What did we think of you're the only real superpower that I ever had? Not a lot. Okay, moving on. That's that's what he says when he's rescuing... Yeah, when he... Stephen, well, well yes. not even necessarily rescuing at that stage, because well, it seems as if joining, he's, yeah, joining. joining him. Mm. Um, no, the reason I ask is because, Abby, uh, I think you mentioned in one of our previous discussions about liking that this didn't seem to be playing the DID as if that was his superpower. I mean, I have seen some people say that there's something really nice about seeing this um, as a... a protective internal response mm. rather than a kind of an illness or a disease and, and I think that people are absolutely welcome to enjoy those things whichever way they like um, I suppose I would say that it's um, just kind of feels very clangy I, I think that might be my version of, of the um, you're an Egyptian superhero yeah. thing <laughs> it's um, yeah yeah I, did, I just didn't like the line it, it didn't it didn't. If somebody is 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 in in this world having a conversation about the extent to which they're a superhero, then maybe that's fine. But they weren't. They were just, you know, <laughs> um, having a different conversation. I suppose. I don't know. Yeah. I I there was no suggestion that Mark had really thought of his kind of conchu activities as being a superhero or as anything no. other than something very complicated. So it's not like Mark has given up his superhero status that he mm. previously had. And it's, it, 
it's a line for the audience. It's not a line for the character. That's what I mean. To me, it felt like they were kind of trying to reach for something like the what's grief if not love persevering. Do you mm. know the the line that and they didn't get there? They did not get. They mm. felt far short of that. I mean, again, I think the sentiment is lovely, and and if you do choose to read it as this softer, gentler side of me is my superpower, you know, that's my uh, where a lot of my value lies, etc. Mm-hmm. Then um, then I think you can read it. But yeah, it did feel a bit like this is a good thing to put in a superhero show finale. Right. And I think that once you end up with the the post credits, which um, with time marching on, I presume we'll be getting to soon. Mm-hmm. It's um, I feel that that um, w- severely undercuts it. Possibly so. You you have reminded me just as a quick aside that when they were doing the Moon Knight, Mister Knight fighting bit, mm. as Mister Knight Stephen was definitely doing uh, proper train, having trained martial arts kickflip stuff. Yeah, it does seem mm. to support. Was it last week we were talking about mm. this whole? Does this mean? Yeah, so uh, they, they um, can they can access each other's. Yeah, and it does look like they are actually doing that. Mm. Whereas I was rather hoping it was. Yeah, I I, I like it if they are separated, but because mm. again the the Venom Tom Hardy thing. Yeah, Eddie, <laughs> um, you know, has I mean, that Tom thing. Hardy basically. It is yes. Tom Hardy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, let's come to that uh, credits scene. Um, it was a credits Thanos- scene? <laughs> um, dear, dear, dear listener, we do text to check to make sure <laughs> that we're all on the same page. It has happened before, hasn't it? It has <laughs> happened before. Um, if you haven't seen the post credit scene, stop this episode now. <laughs> <laughs> Go and watch it, come back again. Um, reveals, reveals that the show was setting up to be revealed anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, the show, the show knew where it was going with this. This is not just a, a, there's a we're growing a guy in a box and we're going to call him Adam thing aside. To the extent this feels like it shouldn't have been a credit scene. Mm. This is this is plot. This, <laughs> this is, is the show. If there is going to be more from it, which is which is why I would absolutely dig if this is how we wrap it up and they go off and have, you know, Jake and Conchu white limousine shenanigans. It's fine. That sounds like a different match. <laughs> Whatever your fanfic is, it's out there for you. Um, not what I want to say. But it feels like this is actually an important thing. And, and even, just going back a bit, the bit where they have the discussion of can we kill Harrow, Stroke, Amit, or not. And I'm sat there thinking, well, Giles knew you had to kill them. Giles knew. We have seen this in Buffy, again, to bring up Buffy, that you do not leave the danger if you can stop the danger and it's hard and the hero shouldn't necessarily have to do it, but someone should. And they're delivering the same beat. And I think, I think the beat works well. I think the, the doing of it works. I just wish it wasn't a credit scene. And the credit scene was just some throwaway thing about Layla shouting hippo or something. I'm wondering <laughs> if, um, I mean, I don't know if this has happened to anyone else recently and let's not talk about like the most recent uh-huh. cinema experiences that people have had but certainly I have been to see Marvel films where people are leaving without seeing the mm-hmm. credit sequences mm-hmm. and I wonder if they're trying to remind people that this is a thing <laughs> you know you will miss something important it's not just someone shouting hippo it's not just something we're not going to make good on you're going to okay. miss the plot if you don't watch every single costume designer and 3D renderer <laughs> if you do not pay attention you're going to miss the plot they're going to start putting it like little in between things and between the lines next before you know it but um 
I'm surprised. I thought we were perhaps going to get literally like a glimpse of of Jake, mm-hmm. and it'd be kind of a, oh my god, and that was it. But the fact that we actually had this extended intro, intro, and setup to, that Conchie uh, yeah. knew all along, and you know that seems a bit more. You know, if it, if it was just like a oh my god, that's Jake, and then we're going to go to season two, or, or film, or what have you, with an announcement, please, Marvel. Um, but but yeah, it, it was really weird having this as a mm. extended. Particularly, as, have all of the shows had a post credit at the end? They have, but not all have specifically led to anything. That certainly that we're aware of so far. And that had such resonance. Or you know, seeing the extended Broadway sequence at the end of Hawkeye. Top quality yeah. content. And Abby's favourite bit of the MCU. Yep. Yeah. And we haven't had the, you know, Dark Avengers thing, whatever's being built, mm. come to fruition yet, which seems to be what they've been building elsewhere. Mm. Mm. But, I mean, what did you think of it, Matthew? Did you think it was a good way to have the post-credits? I mean, given that that was the full stop, if that had been, let's say that had been the last scene of the show and then there was no post-credits, mm-hmm. would that be all right for you yeah i i like it as a wrap-up i like it as explaining the gap it's a little bit annoying that there is clearly a gap that that these characters are not looking at although again we could dig into that as a um a a, a mental issue of yeah exactly i don't want to stare too directly at that bright light (laughs) so you know we're just going to ignore that it happened entirely um and I really like the thing that Konshu knew and that actually Jake is the reason Konshu's there effectively mm. and the one that he's doing this with. I think I think that's a really nice twist. And, and like I said, I think it sets it up very nicely for, oh, we've sort of done this story and, and we don't have to dive in and do anything more with them. So if Oscar Isaac does say like, no, that was good for me. Thank you. I've done my time and I've, I've earned my royalty checks. Mm. Um, it, it has left me fairly satisfied. Because I think I I quite like the Conchu thing, um, and I I like that we've been building Conchu up as this kind of really quite intensely unpleasant and complicated mm. um, mm. god to yeah, have great on that. around. Mm. I I really enjoy that, and and I like the idea that he's actually there for Jake because it does make the whole thing make even more sense. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. um, because Mark hasn't necessarily seemed like the best weapon in a way um, all the way through this, but. It did just feel a little bit, and I think because we've spent the last couple of episodes doing this work with with Mark and Stephen and understanding Stephen as as a construct and um, this kind of valued part of Mark and everything, and then to to go from kind of Harrow's and whoever else is in there to lines like maybe a serial killer, lol, and you're just like oh, <laughs> <laughs> like, it just again it just. It maybe just it was a bit of I think because it was the last scene it just felt a bit like the emphasis was in an insensitive place maybe I don't know mm. maybe we just we did a lot of really thoughtful work and now yay here's this you know that's the sting mm-hmm. and I think that's what I was worried about last week that's the sting and like right. I don't know if that should be the sting when you've been this careful. Um, with the topic, I, I wonder if one of the reasons why it it sort of feels like it delivers is it feels incredibly comic booky. 
it feels incredibly like the last couple of pages, setting you up for whatever the next month's edition is or the next, Mm. you know, graphic novel or something. Whoever gets to take over as author and write another story, we're leaving them some breadcrumbs they can follow up if they want to. It's not so much breadcrumbs as the whole piece of toast, though, is it? <laughs> you know what I mean, though. Whatever I, I, metaphor well, I use. No, for but it. I, I think that I can. I can imagine the comic book being like, you know, the last panel would be, you know, just like the sarcophagus, kind of with some motion lines yeah. still rattling, or like a hand coming up. That would be the last panel of the okay. comic. But this is like, you know, when you get the first three pages of the next comic, <laughs> and that annoys me. That annoys. It's always annoyed me. In comics. It's not it's so much an ellipsis; like, it's a chapter. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's always bothered me. <laughs> I think it's interesting that when Mark Stephen wake up, they are still chained to the bed. Mm. Yes. So maybe they do have some concerns. Maybe the chains are for someone else. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, they are starting to think mm, there's something going on here. Um, the other thing, and again, just doing some reading, there was before this. Yeah, before this episode came out, there were some people talking about DID, um, and saying that I really hope that they put, um focus on Jake, assuming he turned up, as kind of a protector for them, and someone mm-hmm. who comes out in in when because of the situations that particularly Mark gets them into when there's something that Mark can't deal with and, and, and so Jake comes out more so than him being an evil alter because of that being a, a real sort of stereotype around DID. Um, mm. And so to avoid that, but I mean, I'd say looking at that post credit scene, he doesn't seem like much of a protector unless there's something really deep. You know, I mean, I, him killing Amit, I mean, yes, I suppose that's protection for everybody, but it that seemed a lot more like... I'm doing this because it's fun. I mean, it, it seems as if Jake's kind of function is more to um, to do all the things that Mark doesn't want to do. Hmm. Well, it reminded me, you know, we were talking before, again, it must have been the Asylum episode. Uh, Dr. Harrow asks Steve, no, asks Mark, hmm. did you create Stephen as the, um, I don't know, someone to keep you calm. I can't remember that words, but basically mm-hmm. do you create Stephen as someone nice to keep you calm and da, da, da. or did you create or did Stephen create Mark as someone to punish the world for what your mother did to you? And so that, which at the time was a bit kind of like it's really interesting to posit that, but it seems pretty sh- clear what the show is saying is that Mark created Stephen in order to have a safe haven. But then I think it's interesting applying that to Jake. You know, it's Jake someone that was created in order to punish the world. Hmm. I wonder also if it might be more of a, a kind of this, perhaps a trauma response to whatever he's been doing in the army, mm. because I, they definitely pulled those lines quite a bit about mm-hmm. the things that he'd um, Ooh. been in. Which is interesting. Again, in a previous conversation, we were talking about um, what the kind of timescales were and what have you. And we said, oh, no, it needs to be longer than that, because when we get the memory flashback, what have you, in the boat um, to the death of Layla's father. Mark says then, yeah, you have a number, uh, a few states, and that will get you kicked out of the army, basically. Mm-hmm. And so at the time, we said, oh, well, Stephen must have been mm. present mm-hmm. around that time. And it wasn't just that he'd been in childhood and then only been awakened very recently. But actually, perhaps it was that he was only awakened very recently, again, because previously that was Jake. Mm. Yeah. I, I think that's 
that's probably much more what we'd see. And I think that leads us into a a still darker second series because I mean mm-hmm. I think Stevens had a lot of the heart and humour of this, and I I wonder what you get with Moon Knight if you perhaps take away some of the uh, Egyptology and the Stephen. <laughs> Um, yeah. so, something potentially quite different. I think if you have to cover uncover the kind of Jake origins, it it um, yeah, could be quite a different story. Yeah. So the Rolls Royce, mm-hmm. the Rolls Royce with a Spectre number plate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that seemed like a thing. So there's a lot thing. of money somewhere in Mark Spectre's name, at least. Question marks. Hmm. Good question marks to have around. I mean, who knows? Because in episode one, he appeared to go from London to Austria, stroke Switzerland, very quickly. Mm. And back. So whether that's crime is committed to do these things, whether there's other powers to allow him to do stuff, whether it's... Well, he did fly in this one, didn't he? Exactly. So I think I think there's a lot of stuff that could just, could just be it's crime stroke superpowers. Hmm. hmm. I feel like there are some definitely some logistics that that could be mm-hmm. drilled down into at some point, probably by the show rather than people guessing. <laughs> yeah, this has just been fun, mm. um, and I I needed that. So and and I did I never felt kind of the the big letdown or the big drop or the oh I was really hoping and apart from hoping that it wouldn't end in precisely the way it did, but the extent <laughs> to which that happened, I'm kind of just amused by now, and it's given us something to talk about. So. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So I think we will be back with one more Moon Knight, mm-hmm. um, where we will talk about the totality of Moon Knight. Um, we will give you the whole of the moon and night. <laughs> I, I want you to turn your camera off before you do that. <laughs> ho, 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 bums. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> the sending bastard. <laughs> Find us on social medias at Elephant Gushing, wherever you might want to look us up. Um, tell us your thoughts on how the series gone. If you want to send us anything before uh, end of the second week of May, uh, we will probably be discussing then. And you can tell us what you thought of the series, what you think might be coming from the character, what we were wrong on, what we were right on, what we did well, what we didn't do well, what the show did well. All your thoughts, please do tell us uh Twitter. Instagram, anywhere you might find it, Elephant Gushing. If you want to say anything specific to Abby to bring in, Abby can be found on Twitter. At this A.E. Shaw. And Laura can be found on Twitter. Hippo! <laughs> At Laura Geekson. At hippo.hippo.com. <laughs> um, do join us again next week for more Moonlight. Marvellous. <laughs>